Arizona passed a state budget just days before the deadline. Republicans and Democrats came to a deal that resulted in nearly $18 billion. Included within the budget are multiple pieces of legislation that dictate how Arizona can spend that money. Welcome to The Gaggle, an AZ Central podcast where we chat with reporters, experts, and special guests to keep you fully informed on the state's political news. I'm your host today, Amanda Luberto. You may know me as one of the producers of The Gaggle. Today I'm filling in for Ron Hansen while he is on a much-deserved holiday. In today's episode, we're breaking down how the legislation the representatives created will affect you and the whole state moving forward. Joining me are Mary Jo Pitzel and Stacey Barchinger, both of whom cover state politics here at The Republic. Ladies, welcome back to The Gaggle. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, glad to be here. Stacy, let's start with you and let's start with the big picture. How much was approved in the budget and did Governor Doug Ducey get exactly what he was looking for? First of all, this thing is huge. This budget is almost $18 billion, and that's over a third bigger than last year's spending plan, which was roughly $13 billion. In terms of the governor's success rate, it's really, really good for him. Um, This is his final year in office. He came into the year with a proposal for spending what we thought then was a couple of billion dollars surplus. It turned out to be $4 billion. And That's what helped grow this budget. Because I am such a fun person, I went back through the governor's budget proposal line by line and identified 40, roughly 40 items that he had asked for and found three that didn't end up in this budget. Um, So again, very good for the governor for his final year in office. A couple of big things to highlight that he asked for, a billion dollars for water, over $400 million for border security issues, You know, he's shown to Arizonans that he's a fiscal conservative, so this budget puts a lot of money away in savings, spends down debts. One of the things he didn't get, which was an earned income tax credit, this was interesting to me. It was the first time in his tenure he had proposed a tax credit specifically aimed for lower income residents, and it didn't make it in the final cut. I will add that the budget is also bipartisan, which is a big deal. I don't know if the governor was looking for that, but no doubt bringing in Democrats to the negotiating table probably helped some of Ducey's goals advance. Yeah, and also, if I can just add on, taking a step back, it is an election year in Arizona. Ducey is not running again, but all 90 lawmakers who had a say on this budget are. And I think that there is something that every lawmaker can find in this budget that they can go to their constituents and talk about, whether it's You know, Michelle Eugenti-Rita, who's not running for Senate again, but who is running for a higher state office, can say, like, I oppose this budget because it's too big. I'm a fiscal conservative. Whether it's Rebecca Rios, who can say, look at all this money we got for education, a Democratic priority. I think you'll see a lot of this budget translate into campaigns over the next weeks and months. In a recent article, you both outlined five major takeaways from the budget. Various sectors will see spending while other areas, taxes are cut. And one area that will affect many Arizona families is education. This is a big thing um, in the last couple of years here in Arizona. The new budget is allocating $1 billion for public education. Given the fight by educators and their supporters to increase funding in schools, how significant is this $1 billion? Oh, this is a really big deal. 
It also came with a big price, which I'll get to in a little bit. But the $1 billion includes $756 million in ongoing spending. That means that's been added to the base. That money will be there every year going forward. Um, that will allow districts to, if they want, hike teacher salaries, which all indications are they will because we're bleeding teachers and our teacher pay rate compared to other states is quite low. There's $100 million for what is called an opportunity weight. That's money that will be directed to kids from lower income families to help them with some of the educational obstacles that they face. Arizona is one of the few states that doesn't have such um, a tool. Now we have it. Another $100 million for um, to help special ed students. You've got another $200 million when you roll in some money left over from last year to pay for school maintenance and repair. A lot of schools are sort of falling apart. This will be a big step towards getting some of those things patched up. And then there's $100 million more in what's called district additional assistance. Sorry for all the jargon here. But translated, that means that's money that can, they can spend in the classroom. They can buy furniture, equipment, even school buses. Again, money that few people dispute is not needed. Um, there's also $50 million for school resource officers, you know, police in schools, not always a, a really welcome item with some sectors of the education community. Um, they would rather see the money going into counselors, but the governor and his allies have pointed out that some of the federal assistance money has paid for those counselors. This is to sort of bring up the other end of the, the equation. But I will say this all came, the big concession is that universal vouchers was the price that was paid to get this billion dollars freed up. There were a couple of Republicans in the House who uh, were not going to vote for vouchers, were not going to vote for vouchers, they were against it. That billion dollars was very persuasive. And then one caveat, none of this great spending means anything unless the legislature raises a spending cap called aggregate expenditure limit. That hasn't happened. We're told that there's a deal that the governor will call lawmakers back into a session before this year is up <laughs> to do to indeed waive that cap. But we'll see and we'll uh, keep gaggle listeners updated on that. What about charter schools? Are they included in this? Yeah, they are. They benefit from all of this, with this one exception. They're not subject to the spending cap because they didn't even exist when it was created four decades ago. That's how old and many argue um, outdated the, the formula is. If that cap is not raised, well, the budget is going to put about a $700 per pupil increase into the schools. But if that cap's not raised and the schools have to cut budgets, that's going to be a $1,700 cut per student. So the pressure's on to see what will happen later this year. The budget is also giving state employees their first raise in over a decade. This is going to impact thousands of Arizonans. How much is the raise and who exactly will benefit from it? So all of the about 30,000 employees of the state of Arizona will see some raise. Um, it kind of depends on what department you work in. All employees should see at least 10%, but certain departments will see 15 20%. It kind of depends. Those departments include the Department of Child Safety, the Department of Public Safety and Corrections, and lawmakers and the governor identified those employees for higher raises because of some of the issues that we're seeing out in the community. Recruiting for those positions is really hard. There are shortages of law enforcement officers. So the added 
raises is a way to incentivize recruiting for those positions. There was an interesting contrast or question raised during budget negotiations in the legislature, which is there's also some higher ranking officials that are getting raises. Um, For example, Arizona Supreme Court justices. And so uh, Democratic Representative Kelly Butler of Phoenix is one person I remember asking the question of, if we're using money to recruit why are we giving raises to Supreme Court justices? There's only seven. They're appointed by the governor. This is a top of your field position. She asked on the floor, you know, uh, are we having trouble recruiting justices? The answer from Republicans in the chamber was that, you know, we have enough money. We're giving raises to everyone. They deserve one too. An area that is often overlooked but is very important is infrastructure. The new budget has a billion dollars going toward roads and freeways. What sorts of improvements are we looking at here? Well, the real big one is the uh, widening of I-10 between Chandler and Casa Grande. That's a $400 million project, and that's going to start rolling pretty soon. Further west on I-10, um, a couple more lanes on I-10 between State Route 85, which goes down to Gila Bend, and Citrus Road. There's $1.5 million to build out a roundabout in the Prescott Valley area. And then there are the special asks. I mean, a lot of these projects were special nods to lawmakers, but sound barriers along the Loop 101, one near 16th Street, uh, which was sought by Senator Paul Boyer, and one between 51st and 59th Avenues, which was sought by House Majority Leader Ben Toma. Yeah, these, I mean, these really were seen around the Capitol as ways to buy support from lawmakers for the budget. But I mean, it's also probably one of the ways that average Arizonans will see the budget in their daily lives, right? Road improvements, sound walls that they care about in their communities. It might take years for these to come to fruition, but Arizonans will see the impact of these um, budget spends. Now, building roads and freeways is, like you said, it's going to take a long time. It's going to take years. Something that will affect Arizonans immediately is new stipends for foster care. Can you expand on what happened there? Yeah, this has been a long sought after goal from many people in the child welfare world. So kinship foster care is when a family member, a grandmother, an aunt, a sister, or brother, takes in children who have been removed from their parents. These people get about $75 a month in support for taking care of these kids on behalf of the state. Um, that stipend's gonna go up to $300. That's what having a big budget surplus can do for you. And that should, it's widely regarded as a very positive positive move because keeping kids with family as a put, as opposed to putting them in a foster home or a group home is preferable. But they're not forgetting foster homes. Uh, everybody in the foster care system gets paid a stipend every day to cover costs for diapers and shoes. And that amount is doubling from like $1.50 a day to $3. It depends on the age of the child. But that will make a big difference for many, many uh, foster parents who often pay out of their own pocket for this. They're increasing the amount for foster kids who have aged out and are starting to live on their own. There's a transition program. This will give them $1,200 a month to help cover rent and other living costs. And lastly, a home visiting program called Healthy Families is going to get $10 million next year, and I think it's $35 million over the coming three years. And this is seen as a very a preventive program because it gets to families who might be at some level of risk and helps sort of work them through their problems. 
all that money starts to flow now. It's uh, as of July 1. All right. So shifting gears from spending to saving, the new budget is eliminating the state equalization tax. First of all, what is that and who will really benefit from it? The equalization tax is used to help fund the schools. This move, getting rid of the $300 million tax, is a tax break for property owners statewide, but it basically just shifts that $300 obligation onto the state's general fund, which is paid for by our sales taxes and our income taxes. The biggest beneficiaries of this will be the bigger property owners. If you take $300 million, spread it out over the whole state, that's not a lot for your individual little home, but it could be a lot if you own maybe a power plant on the west side of the valley. Also in the budget is the continuation of the flat income tax rate that lawmakers approved last year. It's going to take about two years to phase that down to the 2.5% rate, and this, this budget takes that first step. We'll be keeping an eye out as things unfold, including the upcoming primaries, of course. Thank you both for coming in today, being on the gaggle. Happy to be here. Always fun to talk about money. Thanks for having us. If people want to follow your work on Twitter, where can our listeners find you? I'm at Mary J. Pitzel, and that's P-I-T-Z-L. And I'm at S. Barchinger. It's S-B-A-R-C-H-E-N-G-E-R. That is it for today, Gaggle listeners. But while we still have you, please rate and review our show and share it with a friend. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Amanda Luberto, and that's L-U-B-E-R-T-O. Today's episode was edited and produced by myself with help from Kaylee Monahan. Do you have questions about Arizona politics? Maybe there's an issue on your mind as we head into election season. We want to hear from you. You can now send us a note to the gaggle at arizonarepublic.com, all one word. Or you can leave us a message at 602-444-0804. Thank you so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week.